Hello and welcome to the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast. I am Rachel and today I have with me here a special guest co-host, Sammy. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the 1993 classic, The Nightmare Before Christmas. This is directed by Henry Selleck and is written by Caroline Thompson, adapted by Michael McDowell and starring characters by Tim Burton. Uh, that was more information than was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> and is starring uh, Chris Sarandon as Jack Skellington, Catherine O'Hara as Sally, and Danny Elfman as the singing voice of Jack, oh, and yeah. uh, among among others, but those are the main ones. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to to delve into this one. Sammy, I know this is a one of your favorite movies, yeah. uh, so I don't know if you want to uh, just kind of give a, a general introduction of, of why you wanted to do this movie or, or why you like it so much without delving too much yeah, into the grid. Going too far. Yeah. Um, well, I remembered seeing previews for it when I was like 11, thinking, holy moly, I really want to see this movie. I don't even know what it's about because, you know, this days before the internet because I'm old. And then I saw it in the theater. I was 12 years old and it was amazing. And I'd always liked stop animation, but it really kind of awoke something in me as far as my love for stop animation from there. And it was just, yeah, the whole world building of it all, the, the beauty of it, it just... And the music, oh god, the music. It just, yeah. I loved it the moment I saw it, and I've loved it ever since. All right, fair enough. Uh, I know for me, this is one I didn't see as, like, a little kid. I remember seeing previews for it when I was probably, I mean, I was, like, five when this movie came out, so. Yeah. Uh, but I remember seeing previews for it and, like, asking my mom, can we see this movie? And she wouldn't let me, and I was sad. <laughs> I think my mom took me. To yeah, but we were a little older than yeah. me. Five is True. a little young, yeah. but twelve, twelve is pretty appropriate. Yeah, although I showed it to my son when he was two. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing that. I mean, two it depends on the kid, but he like I could I could have handled it at five easily. Yeah, but I think it was my mom didn't want to see it. I think yeah. is what it was. She doesn't like gross things or scary things. I mean, she likes gross humor. But not, I'm not, not a big horror fan. She didn't really want me and my sister watching horror movies as a kid, even if they were age appropriate. Well, but, th- but then I was as nightmares isn't fun. So yeah, I get it. I never had nightmares though, and uh-huh. then I was like watching X Files when I was nine, and she didn't care. So I don't know. Um, so so I didn't see this when it was new, and I've probably only seen it a couple of times before today. It's not one uh, I know. Most people my age grew up with it, saw it over and over again. It's like a, a beloved classic. Um, and for me, it's more the, the ubiquitous imagery I'm very familiar with. A few of the songs were familiar. I knew that, I mean, I had seen it before. I knew the general plot, but a lot of parts, I was like, this is like watching it for the first time. I, <laughs> like, it was a, an interesting mix for me of these very, very ubiquitous things between the music and the imagery and just the characters themselves. And then parts where I'm like, I, I feel like I've never seen this before. I don't think I'm overstating things when I've probably seen it at least 50 times. Fair enough. But in 25 years, that's, you know, reasonable. Yeah, twice a year. Yeah, you know, it's not bad. Usually it's more than that. Like, it's probably like, I would go through kind of like a kick, you know, of like yeah. watching it a bunch in like one year. Especially yeah. when I first show it to my son. Oh my God. Oh yeah, I want to start showing movies to kids. I'll yeah. watch it. Over and over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, on that note, should we delve on into this grid? Do it. All right. So the first category is going to be writing, plot, and genre. Uh, and this one, I, I suspect for both of the writing categories, I'm going to be a little bit lower than you. 
Uh, not that I thought anything was bad. Everything got pretty high scores for me overall. But in a lot of ways, as far as the writing goes, it felt pretty standard to me. I gave uh, the plot structure an eight, just because it's like, yeah, it's got a good plot, but it's it's not like something you're like, whoa, I've never seen. I mean, yeah, the idea of it all. More than anything, it's the idea that's unique, not necessarily the, the story itself. Yeah. That's kind of why I put it as an eight, which is yeah. hands down the only eight. I gave. <laughs> Everything else is above that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I gave, I gave plot structure a 6.5, pretty much for the same reason. Um, I definitely love the, the world-building exposition, yes. um, which I think I, I was tempted to give plot structure a higher score, and then I kind of realized everything I liked within it the world. was yeah. the world. Which I yeah. gave <laughs> Yeah. The, the only thing I wish it did, like, I wish we saw a little bit more glimpses of some of the other holidays. Something. Me too. Uh, would have been pretty cool. But, it's, I mean, it's stop motion, and it's a kid's movie. It's going to yeah. be short for both of those reasons. Maybe just doing stop motion is time-consuming. Oh, yeah. Incredibly time-consuming. So so I get it. But I gave it an 8.5 for world-building, uh, just because I, I really liked it. But not quite perfect for me, but still in the in the outstanding range. Uh, just very unique, just this idea that there's different worlds for the holidays exactly yeah Yeah, it's just it's just fun and just you know what would those different worlds look like and i don't know it's just interesting one thing i kind of thought about while watching it this time because you know i knew i was reviewing it was like it seems like the holiday you know the beginning the opening song all stuff like it's only for their world though whereas christmas goes into the real world i thought that was interesting like the song doesn't go through the world whereas you see santa flying over the world. I just thought it was interesting that it seemed like the holiday was just like the feeling, but the big production and performance that he does is just for his people. That's interesting. Something I'd never thought about before. Yeah. Like, well, no wonder why he got bored. Yeah. <laughs> really? I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, there's, it is kind of interesting when you think about Halloween because like, I guess most holiday, I mean, like St. Patrick's Day, there's not a mascot. And yeah. Valentine's Day. So you I go through that, George. For St. Patrick's Day, you can go through is just a drunk bunch of drunk people wearing green. I mean, what right. what would it be? I probably yeah. couldn't show that one on a kids movie. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Valentine's Day could get iffy too. Yeah, true story. Yeah. Like Thanksgiving, um, is it just people perpetually eating turkey and mashed potatoes and pumpkin pie, or I don't know. Yeah, and does that include Canadian Thanksgiving? Do true. they have Do they have two Thanksgivings, or is it just true? Just a U.S. Thanksgiving. I don't know. Because we should ask the writers, like, so what's up with that? But at the same time, they'd be like, eh, if we go into this, kids are going to get bored. Yeah, that's not exactly something worth spending time yeah, on. They for fit a into a movie. tight 76 minutes. So. Right, yeah. Um, which does bring us to, to an, an interesting category for this movie, which is pace. This is a short movie. Mm-hmm. It's And I mean, it's stop motion. I get it. Like, I, it had to have taken years to get yes the, both the 76 minutes that it mm-hmm. is uh but man that's a short movie <laughs> yeah it really is <laughs> like but i gave it a nine because it it's constant it, yeah it's close there's never a dull moment there's never a moment where you're like uh pick it up like it just goes never it does a have a good thing i mean yeah with such a short runtime it's hard to have have those moments where it's like oh this could have been a little shorter oh, yeah. can we move on to the next thing like you kind of have to keep it and props keep to them for telling a complete story from beginning to end in such a short oh, yeah. time though absolutely and especially one that's fairly high concept yeah i mean it's this weird bonkers world where each holiday has a universe and there's these trees and you go through and there's different like, like it's, it's pretty high concept and yeah. pretty weird 
when you really think about it. I mean, and it can be both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie. That was one of the things I wasn't sure where to ask that. But I'm like, I'm I'm doing this review. I say it's both. I mean, I really think it is because I I was doing this review. I'm like, first of all, the anniversary is coming up. Yeah. Um, on was October 29th, yes. I believe, is October the 25th anniversary. Yeah, so I wanted to do to do it before that anniversary day. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing it for Halloween. Yeah. Um, but there was a part of me, because I want to do a couple Christmas reviews, too. I was like, well, maybe I should do it for Christmas. There was a, a little bit of a back and forth in my mind, but... Well, it yeah, because it's both. And basically, like, from October to December, anytime my kids ask to watch, I'm like, you betcha. Although Outside really, of those dates? No. Not really. Anytime <laughs> of the year. I'm like, okay. Like I just made them watch since we're going to Disneyland soon. Disneyland right now is supposed to be decked out on Halloween. I've never seen it like that. And I wanted to remind my kids the amazingness of this movie because I know that the Haunted Mansion is redone oh, in yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Which I'm glad because the Haunted Mansion itself would probably scare the bejesus out of my kids. But I think since it's Nightmare Before Christmas, I'm like, look, it's Jack, you know, and I'm hoping it'll be more fun for them than it yeah. possibly would have been without it being Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I went to Disneyland when I was five, and the only one of the only things I remember was the Haunted Mansion. I loved it. Oh, I've, I've always but, loved it. But that, as right? we've established, I had a pretty high tolerance for fear. Yeah. <laughs> my kids, they're weird. Like, sometimes they're not scared of things, and other times they are. And there's other times where you're like, you weren't scared of this, like, two days ago. Why did this, you know? It's yeah. Kids. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad that, but in that, and it's Nightmare for Christmas, man. Like, I saw it at Christmas time. You know, I'm dating myself. I was, like, 20. so like, 17 years ago. Jiminy Cricket. Anyway, <laughs> it was Christmas, Nightmare Before Christmas, because it was at Christmas oh, time. Yeah. So I guess they do Halloween and then they change it to Christmas. So I'll get to see it as Halloween this time. I'm pretty That's stoked. Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. Well, like, and then the genre cliches, tropes, and twists, I gave it a nine because it's like, I mean, there's so many cliches. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, it's but so, it's so fun. awesome. It's so fitting and so perfect. That, yeah. And yeah. it's able to, like, it's a very, very much so. A, a scary kids Halloween movie so it takes tropes from that but yeah. then it's also kind of in a way making fun of the jolliness of Christmas movies but in a way also paying tribute to it like mm-hmm. it's, it's doing a lot of things yeah within both of these holiday genres that's that's just fun yeah like like no wonder this movie has become such a classic like not only is it cool to look at which we'll get into in, in many 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 yes. of the other categories but then it's just just the story is just like like I said, anytime, October through through December. Yeah, you can watch it. Doesn't matter. Great. Yeah. yeah. I really if you, you know, ask enough times, I'll put it on in March. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? A good movie is a good movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so on that note, was there anything you would like to add for writing plot and genre? I don't think so. In uh, general, it was a eight, I gave it an 8.9. Outstanding. All right. I'm actually not too much lower than you. I thought it was going to be a bigger discrepancy. Mine was a 7.6 out of Okay, 10. yeah. Still good. Yeah, it still exceeds expectations on the higher end of that. Um, and especially for for a kid's movie and one that does so much of the storytelling through music, which yeah. we'll get into a little bit later, although that does play a part into the writing as well. Um, I thought it did a pretty good job of, of telling a concise story, keeping the pace going, um, to handle everything really well. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, writing characters is going to be the next category. It's kind of all over the map with this one. <laughs> yeah. I actually gave character underneath a 10 because it's like, not only do you know what Jack wants, you end up figuring out pretty early on what Sally wants, what Dr. Finkelstein wants. You know, like, you realize that the mayor is just kind of a worry ward. Like, from the get, you kind of know what everybody needs. And the rest of them just like being scared a lot. Yeah, that's fair. I gave character underneath. I gave that one an 8.5. It didn't quite push into the perfect range for me. Um, just because even though everybody did have a pretty clearly defined inner need, it was a little... 
basic and very very much so tied to their outer goals like there wasn't as much depth as I as I prefer but I do recognize it's a kids movie yeah. and it's and it's a very short movie they're doing a lot in a very short and amount of time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean but yeah so I didn't give it a perfect 10 but I still gave it a, a very high score with yeah. a 8.5 it still is outstanding. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And everything else in this category, I gave a nine. My lowest one, I only gave dialogue a five. <laughs> the look on your face. Okay. <laughs> um, it wasn't bad. I mean, that's still, that's solidly in the middle of meets expectations. It's just, a big part of it was that there wasn't much of it. So much no, of the dialogue singing. was, was yeah. singing, which is still, I guess, I guess as far as this movie is concerned, that's still dialogue. Um, but it just seems kind of along the same lines as the inner needs. It was pretty basic. Yeah. And That's why I don't know. Get it perfect. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I also gave um well pretty much everything else actually, um, other than character likability. Character likability I also gave an eight point five. Um, because even the characters you aren't supposed to like, like you just they get all the right emotions. Like even the uh Dr. Finkelstein, is that his yeah, name? The evil Dr. scientist. Yeah. Like even him who's like this awful, awful character and it's like, oh but I I, I love to hate him. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to see her poison him. Yeah, like go further with it. Throw him out a window. See what happens. I know he's basically a living corpse, but let's just see what happens. Just take it take it even further. Yeah, I actually gave character likability a nine, and the reason why I didn't give it a ten is like again watching the movie, knowing I'm going to be reviewing it, is Oogie Boogie doesn't really make a lot of sense. He's That's a scary. bag full of bugs that likes to gamble. Yeah. There's nothing really scary about that. Well, me being one that I love bugs, so I'm not scared of him. But like, really, he's a bag full of bugs that gambles and i guess he eats people so i guess that's what makes him scary but he's like just kicking it down there in this hole and the kids like feed him poison bugs and they talk about how he's creepy but you never really see how he's creepy besides the fact that he's like torturing santa and sally kind of yeah. like i'm watching like he doesn't really make a lot of sense as a villain <laughs> but you know it's still entertaining as hell and his song is fantastic but yeah. i gave it an eye mostly because he really doesn't make that much. He's not, as far as the whole world is supposed to be this creepy thing, yes, it's a kid movie. really not that creepy. Yeah, they could have gone a little further with it. And really, in the end, easily defeatable. You know, and how he ends up actually being one bug. Yeah. He gets stomped on by Santa's tiny foot because everybody's tiny feet. But yeah, that was the only reason why I didn't give it a 10. Other than that, I love all of the characters, but Oogie Boogie doesn't really make a lot of sense. Other than that, everybody else is rad, especially Zero. <laughs> his little pumpkin nose. Yeah, everything else for me got in, like, the 6 range. I gave character development a 6, and character arcs a 6.5. There was definitely stuff there, especially the character development, that I feel like I wanted to get to know these characters a little bit more. Yeah. And I know there's that time constraint. I know it's stop motion. I know that's not the focus. But I still just wanted to see it go for it. I kind of like, like, what's up with, you know, Lock, Shock, and Barrel? Like, were they all, like, kids that were murdered? Or, you know, or, I mean, because really, as far as character development, of course, Jack grows as a person, you yeah. know, realizing what he wants, what he doesn't want. You know, Sally realizes her feelings for him. Like, Dr. Finkelstein decides to let her go because he creates his, himself another female slave. But that's fine. At least they share a brain, right? <laughs> Love that part. But yeah, so I, I probably gave that one higher than it needed to, but... I was very generous with this movie because I love it. All right. Was there anything else you want to add for writing characters? I don't think so. Who's your, uh, is Zero your favorite character? Yeah. All right. He's just adorable. I love him. Yeah. I just, oh my God. He's just so cute. My husband and I went two years in a row back in the early 2000s and watched it in 3D on Halloween. And I didn't realize till then that his nose is a tiny jack-o'-lantern. And like when he's asleep, it's off. And when he wakes up, it lights up. And there's just, I don't know, and he's just so cute, like, little ghost dog that flies around, and, I mean, I love, and of course, Jack, because he's Jack, and who doesn't love Jack Skellington? 
which my son used to call him Jackie Tin, and for a long time he used to call all skeletons Jackie Tin because of it, and it was adorable. (laughs) I miss that. Um, But yeah, Zero is just, yeah, I love Zero. I even have a little pop vinyl figure of Zero a friend of mine gave me. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, he's so cute with a little nose. Yeah. Who would you say was your favorite from it? Probably Jack. He's a, How can you not he's like a tall, skinny guy in a pinstripe suit. What's not yeah, really? Yeah, what's not like? <laughs> a great smile. All right. So, what was your total score for writing characters then? Outstanding, nine point two. All right, mine was a six point nine. Exceeds expectations. Yeah, not right, too bad. Uh-huh. This next one, I think, is going to be our biggest discrepancy. <laughs> the next category is going to be acting and casting. Um, this one, I did have a perfect time. I did give face acting a perfect 10 which was kind of um this is i probably should have said this at the top this is the first animated movie that i've done uh, for the podcast and the first one that i that i've rated on a grid so some of these categories were a little interesting because face acting usually relates to the actor and with this one it's it's the puppeteers and oh, the, the facial expressions were fantastic and it's amazing yeah and the and just the the attention to detail and the seamlessness so it's a little weird that this got lumped into the acting and casting category because it's really although i guess the it's puppeteers puppet, yeah. would be kind still of acting, actors. Yeah. yeah so it's a little different for this movie but i i still gave it a perfect 10 because how can you not it's well fun fact with jack is they did with sally too but jack it was more complex so in order to animate his face correctly they actually had hundreds of different heads for him that they changed okay. in order to do his speech and his facial expressions and like different eyelids that they could actually pop mm-hmm. into the eye sockets so that that was how they were able to get his facial expressions so well and so fluid and so accurate each time because they actually had different heads for each emotion wow yeah and, like, the ones in between, you know, for the mouth movement and stuff. Sally's was the same, but they said she didn't have nearly as many as he did. So I just think that's neat that they did that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And, like, you know, and the, and the freaking mayor, how he's got the two different sides of what how his mood. You know, yeah. he's got his happy side and his sad side. It just, <laughs> it's a nice touch as far as, you know, if we're going to go with face acting is, you know. Uh, were there any, uh, I'm, I'm sure you scored scored things a lot higher than me, so was, was there sure. anything that was uh, a low point for you or that scored a little bit lower than anything else? Um, one thing that didn't get a 10 <laughs> <laughs> was line deliveries. Well, yeah. Because some of them are kind of like, okay, you know, like like the part where was, like Dr. Finkelstein was like, you want me to starve, an old man, blah, blah, blah. He, he's obviously dead. Um, she's poisoned him how many times and he only gets sick or passes out. He doesn't actually die. He can open up his skull and scratch his own brain. <laughs> so I was kind of like, is he really going to starve? Probably not. Which you know, on that line, another thing I thought about was when he's up in the tower and she sends him that basket and there's the skeleton, the fish skeleton, there's a salt and pepper. And then there's that bottle of wine that he opens and the little butterfly comes out. Does he eat? And if he does, he does he eat bones? I was wondering that, too. I'm like, isn't that, like, bordering on cannibalistic? I was thinking that, too. <laughs> I was like, Inter- I mean, I guess he would have to, you know, replenish his calcium, but you think he'd just drink a lot of milk or something or vitamin D supplements. I don't know. But that was the first time I'd ever really thought about, like, does he eat it? I don't think he has any internal organs. That's the science nerd in me thinking that way. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like. We're going to go with that argument. They yeah. shouldn't be able to talk either. Or at least he True story. Be. Yeah, he's a freaking yeah. skeleton. He has yeah. no muscles. Um, but, yeah, it's just. I just thought about, I was like, I wonder if he, the intention is that he was supposed to eat that. Yeah, so line deliveries was the only thing in this category that I didn't, just because, you know, some of them were like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my line deliveries, I gave it a 6.5. 
out of 10. I don't really have anything to add as to, as to why. Most of my favorite lines are in the songs, but... Yeah. Which I kind of lumped. I don't know. It was a little hard for this category with line deliveries, because, like, should that go... Like, as far as the songs, does that go under the strictly the score and soundtrack, or is line deliveries in there? I think the songs are so much part of the storytelling itself yeah. that they could probably go one in the same. I would yeah. Think. Um, but casting, I gave a 10. I felt all the voices were perfect. Like, the voices fit the character for each person. Like, they, they all felt right. Except for Catherine O'Hara's singing voices. Not that great. Yeah, that was part of why my, my line deliveries got a little bit lower. Even though I'm not sure. Like I said, I wasn't sure where to deduct that. And I think I did kind of take points down in the score and soundtrack as well for that same reason. Because she's, she's not a singer. No. And I don't, and I don't know why... Like, they got Danny Elfman to do the singing voice for Jack Skellington. Like, can they have gotten someone I mean, although, because I had said that to, to my husband, you know, who's a musician, and, like, I had said something before about how I'm just not a fan of her singing voice. And he was like, yeah, but her song and her singing voice fits the mood of that moment. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Her singing voice is still pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, like, probably one of the only negative things I have to say about the movie at, in total is that her singing voice left much to be desired. Still love the song. But I've actually enjoyed it more when there's been like a remake of it. Even Fiona Apples, and I'm not even a big fan of hers. So for the casting categories on this one, I gave them all fives down the line. I just I don't know. It kind of seemed like anybody could do it. True. For me, as casting, I guess I was more thinking of the puppets themselves, probably not the people playing them. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I cast. I did it more like that. That's why I gave it tens. Because like, yeah. even the extras, like all the little extra people, like the kid, the bat that walks on his wings, and the creepy little That's chubby true. boy with his eyes sewn shut, and like, it, I don't know. It's just so I I did it more that way. Of okay, all the puppets fit where they belonged, and there were nice like the dude with the drippy head. Yeah, like what was that? It was awesome. <laughs> like, and I, I still have never even seen like the behind the scenes of how they even were able to accomplish the fact that his head always looked like it was constantly dripping. Like, I just thought that was cool. Yeah, and how he's obviously sticky. Like, what is he? I never yeah. say. But I just so for me that was I didn't do it as the people. I did it as okay. I guess I've seen the movie enough to where the characters are real. I don't know. But <laughs> I did it more for the casting of the puppets, not the people. I guess. Okay, that's interesting. I did more aesthetics for the puppets, but that. I that's that fair. Um, <laughs> but they are characters. Yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely agree. I just didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind to count that. Maybe I'll do... Who I'll am do, I going to give you change your score? I'll do <gasps> sixes down the line, which is not much higher. So, um, just because your score. As far as the voices go, I just... I mean, yeah, besides Danny Elfman, pretty much anybody yeah. can voice anyone. Yeah. But... Although I thought they did it, which I still don't know why. I don't. I will never understand why they didn't have Danny Elfman just do the speaking part, too. Yeah, that seemed weird to me as well. I don't know what the reasoning behind it was. Maybe they wanted him to just concentrate on making soundtrack. I don't know. But all of the guy that does Jack's voice, you can't tell. It's not the same guy. Yeah. Uh, you would never know unless you're told. And you're like, oh my god, it's not the same guy. Yeah. Actually, as the credits were rolling and I saw Danny Elfman's name, I went to, to Tristan because he was in the kitchen cleaning up. And I was like did you know Danny Elfman did the singing voice for Jack Skellington? Like, I thought this was some interesting thing that not that many people knew. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I knew that. I was like, oh, I go, does everybody know that? <laughs> they do now. My husband and I had already been married for several years. And I had never put two and two together that Danny Elfman was the dude from Oingo Boingo. Until one day he was like, listen, and he played Dead Man's Party for me. And he's like, listen to this. And I'm like, 
That's Jack Skellington. He goes, yeah, I know. Danny Elfman. I was like, why did I never know this before? <laughs> I How have I loved that. this movie since I was 12? And I never knew that the lead singer of Oingo Frickin' Boingo is Jack Frickin' Skellington. Like, <laughs> I had never put two and two together until that moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave, like I said, I gave every, besides the line deliveries, everything else in that category is 10 for me, only because I scored the puppets as the characters, not the people. Um, so what was your, what does that average come out to for you? 9.8. Mine was only a 6.9. I had a feeling that would be one of our bigger discrepancies. Still exceeds expectations. I still thought everything was good. There was nothing that was that was bad. Um, but I think I was focusing much more on the uh, the voice acting as opposed to the puppeteering and the puppet design. Yeah, shows you how much I love stop animation. I mean, there's a lot to love. It's good. But here's one that we're either going to have the same or I might be a little bit higher than you because I, I scored very high on this next category. And it's going to be cinematography lighting. Um, did you have any any outliers for this one? All tens. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> the lighting is perfect in every moment. It, it really is. It's like all the tiny lights. Like the little Christmas lights. And like you, when you're really looking in the background that each individual freaking pumpkin is lit. And yeah. I mean, and the mood for every single scene is perfect and the shadows i mean like one thing i never really noticed before either is when he's on the stage talking about christmas town and his shadow behind him i don't know if they let it lit it perfectly and that's actually a part of the puppet moving or if they added that later i honestly don't know but holy crap it looks like he's actually just standing there talking yeah. and singing and it's awesome there were a few points where just the the contrast of the like him standing there and then his shadow is like a perfect shadow behind him yeah um there's another where he's going up the stairs of the uh the science tower or yeah. whatever he's like standing at the top of the stairs and it's holding a briefcase and you see like the perfect yeah it's perfect silhouette yeah it's not a silhouette because he's you see him and then the shadow yeah it's perfect the perfect outline it's yeah the, the whole yeah the lighting yeah, perfect 10 all the way around like it's i don't think there could have been i don't know how they could have improved it so yeah it was really and especially knowing like surely most if not all of that lighting was practical mm-hmm. like there this wasn't i mean cgi was kind of on the cusp but a lot of the CG it, things are like the ghosts. Exactly. And, yeah, or like um, the snow at the end, of course. Yeah. But most of it, yeah, all of it's... And I have such a love for practical effects. That, Me too. I mean, the more practical effects in the movie there are, which is why you and I both love Jurassic Park so much, like oh, the more yeah. practical effects there are, the happier I am. I love mm-hmm. CG, but I am more... I like it when it's used correctly... Not necessarily sparingly, but if it's going to be all CG, I'd rather be an animated film, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you there. Like, I don't always appreciate... There's some movies where it's just so overused that you're like, it's not even there. So, but yeah, no, I... Yeah. I mean, all the little tiny lights, just amazing. Like, I want a string of those little lights that he holds up to his eyeballs. So bad. (laughs) Yeah. Just these perfect little tiny Christmas lights. And even just, like, like the Boogeyman song in the... Uh, like the casino or whatever that scene that didn't make that much sense but looked amazing oh yeah all the black lighting in it and yeah, yeah and how everything changed yeah yeah the the lighting throughout the whole thing like i barely even can follow what's happening because the scene's so random yeah sure so looks random weird. makes no <laughs> sense but and the yeah. song is so much fun like it how can you not song. love the song it's yeah you can't help but rock your body to be like hey this is amazing <laughs> yeah i don't know why he's gambling but it's fine yeah who's even gambling against i i couldn't quite follow it yeah but it looks great. And it still looks great. awesome. So. Yeah, it, the song's still fun, and the it looks awesome. So yeah, absolutely, you can forgive it. Um, so obviously we both know what our score was for that. Both perfect times. <laughs> was, there, was there anything you wanted to add, or should we move right along? No, 
I mean, because, yeah, I mean, even the lighting when he's walking through the forest, like at night, it's dark, and then as he's walking through, it's obvious that sunrise, and the sun is a freaking jack-o'-lantern, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. But it looked like morning light. Yeah. You know, like, it was just perfectly done. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, so that's going to bring us to cinematography camera work. Uh, this one I might be a little bit lower than you, but I still gave, gave pretty high scores. Uh, did you have any any low scores? I gave Maison Scene a 9, only because half the time I forget what that means. <laughs> I will be completely honest. <laughs> okay, I get reminded uh, all the time what it means. My brain will not absorb that information, and I don't know why. Probably because filmmakers decided to give it a ridiculously pretentious French term instead of just calling it composition, which is essentially that, all it is. That. Really, I mean, it's a little more complex than just composition, but it's basically yeah. whatever you see on the screen. I guess I could have been a 10. Oh, well. It's actually the, the one thing that I gave a 10. <laughs> I, mean, I, always, I always scored a lower because I was like, I don't remember what it means. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Everything else got 10. All right. Uh, I did uh, the exact opposite of you. I did uh, Mise-en-Plan was a 10 and everything else was a 9 for me. Okay. I feel like if I was, if I was more familiar with the movie and I you know, seen it a bunch of times and grew up with it and was like, okay, now I know what's going to happen next and, and I could, like, focus a little but bit more. But you couldn't hear me chuckle before the scene happened. <laughs> um, but I just think if I, had, if I had been able to focus a little bit more on camera movement, probably would have been some 9.5s and, and some more 10s in there. But with a fairly fresh and uh, not super familiar viewing, uh, I didn't quite feel comfortable going higher than a 9 on some of those just because from what I observed on this viewing, that's, yeah. that's oh. where my gut was. Well, because there's nothing you're like, whoa, I've never seen that before. But, but as far as camera movement goes. I was going to say, yeah, like yeah. There, it's, there's definitely shots that's like, oh, it looks so good. But it's mostly because it's stop motion. And, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's kind of why I, I bumped the, the mise-en-scene up a little bit. Just because I was like, well, everything looks so good. And I feel like somewhere in, in camera work that should be reflected. Uh, but I just didn't feel like... Like it was camera a work itself, yeah. Yeah. It's like for storytelling, I they, as far as cam, I guess you know for the camera work, I gave it a ten, because the story flows from beginning to end, and like I mean, never once, you know, obviously it's it's pointing at puppets, so you don't have that much to worry about storytelling with the camera, but still, I mean, it's always pointed where it's supposed to be, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did that? What did that average? I was at a nine point eight. Yes. Okay. Um, I was a, a 9.2 on that one, a little bit lower than you, but still, still outstanding. Um, so that's going to bring us to another really interesting one for an animated film. It's going to be editing yeah. and special effects. Um, and I'll be honest with this one, I wasn't really sure how to, I've never really thought about editing as far as an animated movie. Yeah. I'm like, how does it even, I mean, the, there's still an editor, there's still yeah. editing at work, but I don't know that much about it. what was edited out or... I yeah. gave overall editing a nine only just because I don't know I was trying to not give it all tens for everything <laughs> like I don't know I don't know why I guess I could have everything else in this category I gave a ten um, okay just because yeah storytelling movement pace special effects I mean, oh my god like yeah it's just such a beautiful movie but even if the story is not you know the most unique thing like and the science part when it pulls out I guess I should wait for props for that huh never mind I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off on that part. Right. props for that part i mean like nothing ever felt out of place never ever felt like it was cut in a weird way so there's that i did um for overall editing and storytelling i did a seven for both of those um just because i wasn't I, I just wasn't really sure so i just i was like yeah. i feel like this, this is better than average but i don't know what what outstanding would look like or what perfect would look like for an animated movie so that's probably a lot of my naivete mm -hmm. showing as in that regard 
but then as far as uh, for movement, I gave a 10 just because yeah. I, I can imagine editing all, all of this. Every single scene yeah. where someone's moving something. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, I mean, this whole movie is editing single frame. I mean, that's every movie, but very literally with stop motion. Yes. You know, you to move it, take a picture, move it, mm-hmm. take a picture, move it, take a picture. And then to be able to float, put all of that together to where as you're watching it, you completely forget that they're puppets. Exactly. Everything was so fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, which His is hands when he talks. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, I gave I gave movement a ten easily, and and special effects I gave a ten, yeah. um, even though there wasn't much of it. But I just kind of considered the puppets. I feel like the whole thing is just special effects. Exactly, that's kind of how I look at it. I'm like this this whole movie is basically one giant special effect. Yeah, I mean, there's one part where it's like it's obvious that it's you know, but they didn't they could have done CG, but they didn't. Is when the train is going along and the little puffs of clouds that are coming out, the little cotton, the little, you can tell it's cotton balls that are coming yeah. out, but I don't care. It's adorable. And you're like, yeah. yay! And they like stay floating in. <laughs> the sky it's so awesome yeah <laughs> it's a nice touch yeah absolutely um and then continuity and pace i gave a 9.5 i don't know it just didn't push into perfect for me for some reason i gave it 10 but you know yeah that's fair I, I honestly don't know why i didn't give it a 10 but um if i do a 9.5 that usually means that for what I, like my gut instinct was just like yeah i just can't quite call it perfect and that's so, okay yeah Nine, it's still outstanding exactly very close to perfect um, was there anything else you wanted to add for editing before we give our total scores? I don't think so. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, what did your average come out to? 9.8. All right. Uh, lots of 9.8s in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine came out to a, a an 8.7. Still outstanding. All right. So that's going to bring us to sound, uh, which is going to be a, a very interesting one for this one, I think. I'll just say off the top, I gave nines down the line. This was kind of an interesting movie because so much of it is is music, first of all. And then just, I mean, with an animated movie, there's, there's I don't know, I feel like the sound design plays a more important role. I think that's oh, probably yeah. a, I don't know how accurate that actually is because I think there's a lot of sound design that goes into live action movies that, that gets oh, yeah, ignored. But, yeah. but, I mean, it's every single sound you hear is fabricated. Like, nothing yeah. was... Nothing was yeah. natural, even footsteps. Exactly. Yeah. So in that regard, I, I, you know, I gave everything outstanding, but it's just another example where it just, eh, it just didn't quite push into perfect for me for no particular reason, uh, other than the that score was, and soundtrack. Yeah. yeah it's like, ugh, I just. I gave everything tens, except the score and soundtrack. I gave a nine point eight. Ellen knocked off point two because her singing voice isn't that fantastic. <laughs> I still listen to the song. I still sing along when no one else is listening or if it's just my kids because they don't judge. But other than that, like, really, that's the only complaint I have as far as sound. I mean, and even sound effects, like when the little ornaments land on the ground, you hear them crash. When he yeah. wraps the lights around the electric chair and sets it off, you hear the little lights pop and just, I don't know, the little nice touches of those things. I mean, even when Santa's going down the tube and you hear as he you know, hits each set of nails up, like, you know, of them popping out. And yeah, I just felt like, especially sound effects, like they're just, they all yeah. felt natural. Like that's the sound it would make. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Maybe I'll actually. Even the creepy dolls, the creepy toys. Yeah. The shot up duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, or I mean, even like when they touch the squishy guy's head and it's like makes a noise, you know, like I feel like every sound effect belonged where it should be. Yeah the hinge of his head popping up or the soup going through the spoon or the sound of the spoon when it hits the floor. Yeah. I've seen this movie way too many times. The sound of his, <laughs> his wheelchair when he controls it to move it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I felt like all the, like I said, I mean, even the, the squeak of the gates as they walk through and 
I'm actually gonna. Those are all good points. I'm gonna okay. bump up everything except score and soundtrack to a nine point five instead yeah. of yeah. <laughs> all right. Was there anything else you want to add for sound? I don't think so. I mean, it's hands down one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Yeah. What's your favorite song on it? Oh, dude, kidnap Sandy Claus. Yeah. Love that song. <laughs> Every time it starts up, I'm like yay. <laughs> and this is Halloween. It's probably a very, very, very close second. Yeah. I love all of them except Catherine O'Hara's version, just because, as we've stated, I'm not going to say it again. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like, every single song is so much fun. And even the song, even the, just the music in the background, the mood that it sets for each part that they want it to be, it just, yeah, I love it all. I even love the remix of most of the songs and we'll sing right along. I mean, What Is This, done by Fall Out Boy, is epic. You should listen to it sometime. It's fantastic. Uh, so what does your average come out to? 9.96. Very specific and very close to perfect. <laughs> Damn you, Catherine O'Hara. All right. <laughs> uh, my total for sound came out to a 9.4. Uh, it's a little bit lower than you, but not by too much. Um, still outstanding. All right, so then that's going to bring us to aesthetics, which I think <laughs> we're, we're probably going to have the same yeah. score on this one. And this one, I think where you, um, where you were thinking for acting, I think that's kind of where I... Yeah. Gable, like, yeah, yeah, like like makeup. I was like, well, there's not really makeup, but they're like I kind of interpreted that for this movie as like, okay, well, the makeup would be the puppet design, and then the costumes, yeah, the clothing they made for them, exactly. So I gave I gave perfect tens on the line. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine anybody not giving perfect tens on the line for for a movie like this, um, or for this movie specifically. It's just, I mean, any stop motion, just the attention to detail and the fact that they pulled it off so well and Mm -hmm. went so above and beyond probably anything anyone had ever seen until then. Oh, yeah. And, and even now, like, probably the only thing that's that's in competition would be the, the Leica movies Leica that you were Studios. telling me about. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're the ones that basically did this movie anyway. So. Exactly, yeah. So... Because uh, everything they do is art. Absolutely. I say absolutely. I haven't seen any of their movies, but I've seen enough. Anytime. To know I own them. Yeah. One of these all. days. They're great. Check out Leica Studios, people. They're rad. <laughs> I do think as far as the the sets and locations go, I thought there was just a really unique, and it's kind of been been adapted, or adapted isn't the right word, but adopted maybe as like, oh, this is the Tim Burton look, yes. um, which is interesting because he just produced this movie. But Well, he uh, designed the characters. Okay. Yeah. But did he design the sets and stuff too? I don't think so. I think that was mostly Leica. Okay. Before they were Leica. Yeah. Cause, um, cause I mean, but it has like, a feel to where, I think it's more because it has a, his feel to it like the way yeah. edward scissorhands felt yeah that's true. the way um i can't think of any of the other movies at the time but it's just like it kind of set the tone for what the world kind of expected from him which is funny because yeah he was just a producer but he was a very involved producer yeah, as far true. as the way this movie went like yeah he probably should have gotten at least a little bit of directorial credit because he really did drive the movie like his yeah. his artistic um input his vision for this movie he was very involved in it yeah he wasn't just like hey i want this is an idea go with it like he was involved yeah. from every step absolutely yeah so i mean it did i mean it kind of did definitely set the course of what the world was to expect from the man and he hasn't failed to deliver yet so mm, he's a little hit and miss sometimes yeah for true. Me. <laughs> kind of depends on the at least lately the last, yeah. the last five to ten years have been eh. but anyway as far as the the sets and locations go i just really love the just the look of it like it just I'm gonna get really nerdy here for a minute so bear with me but like 
it just takes this weird combination of like almost like a Van Gogh starry night kind of like whatever art style that is I'm not very good with my art history or whatever but whatever style that is like it's very that but then it also gets into I'm laughing because this is an inside joke between me and Tristan he always makes fun of me so the director who directed this also directed James and the Giant Peach yes which um is is a favorite from childhood and I watched it with my niece when she was little and then I came home and I told Tristan that movie is really interesting it has a very like silent film era German expressionism feel to it and he has not stopped making fun of me rightfully so for like oh that German expressionism is your favorite genre but this, this movie had that same feel so I had to that's I had to look it up. So I was like, did the same director direct James and the Giant Peach? I'm like, sure enough. But and of course, that's... Animators. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. It must be. It's all the same style. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's super dark. I tried showing that to my son, and I was like, I don't remember this movie being so jacked. That's like, what... Yeah. God, I mean, people, my niece, humans are awful. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Walt Aller. I know, awful, but, oh, man. Like, I was like, I don't know if I should watch this. This is... People are horrible. He's yeah. trying to, like, take the little boy and, like, come here, I'll take you home. I'm sorry. Um, as you watch these movies, like, for me, like, I can't help but marvel. Even watch anything by Ardman Studios, which is um, Sean the Sheep. Um, okay. Gromit, Waltz and Gromit. You just look at the background, and it's like, they made all of this. Yeah. This is all, it's a tiny fence. It's a tiny building. It's a little tiny car. And yeah. And for me, like, when I was talking, I was about ready to go into props, and I decided to hold off. And this <laughs> is where I'm going to say my thing. When he's doing the science experiments and he pulls that little medical bag open and he pulls out this tiny microscope and these tiny little glass beakers and these little tiny test tubes and the, like they make the clink of glass. I don't know if they're actually glass. They're probably not. I like to think that they are. So that's what I'm going to convince myself. <laughs> um, like all the tiny beakers like some of the tiny ornaments and like he's got a tiny electric chair. I mean, like it's just the detail of everything that had to be handmade. And, and to make anything tiny, it's actually in a lot of ways harder. Like, oh, yeah. I'm kind of obsessed with tiny kitchen. Like, I fell down a rabbit hole one day, and it's <laughs> like people that use tiny kitchen equipment and they make tiny meals. Oh, I've seen some stuff on that. <laughs> Stupid entertaining. I don't know why I love it. Um, I guess I just have a thing for like miniature things, apparently. Um, it's like a big thing. I listen to a podcast called The JV Club, hosted by Janet Varney, and she's always talking about, not always, but she's mentioned a few times. Like, like I just love tiny things. Yeah, it's just the art into making. Like I said, like for Coraline, how I watched the making of and her gloves were actually knit by a lady and her knitting needles were maybe two inches long each. Yeah. And she knitted these tiny gloves and I was like, oh my God, and her sweater was knitted. And I was like, I don't know why I love that so much, but I just <laughs> do. And like Sally's dress is sewn and just the detail that goes into how they made all the little tiny pies. I mean, like I said, I could just yeah. keep going and it's yeah. just... Ah, it's just something about all of that. Like, I mean, the way the bed sheets looked and it's just the detail that goes into making something like this. For some reason, I just appreciate far more than most than like any type of animation or most films. The yeah. detail that has to go into creating something like this. Yeah. And the detail to like make the movements just right for it to be fluid and not look choppy or weird or like it's right. in front of a strobe light. All of that for me is just it's enough for for me to give everything glowing scores because I love it all. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue that. It's it's perfect. Um, and I think with, with a movie like this too, like just the the apparent craftsmanship, like 
So, I mean, any movie, like, okay, there's a costume department, there's especially, like, a period piece, okay, you've got someone hand-making these, you know, sometimes hundreds of costumes if you have a lot of extras, like, there's a lot of craftsmanship mm-hmm. that go into any movie, but then to take it to such a specific scale, like, every frame needs to be perfect, and every single thing you see, not just the costumes, not just, you know, not not a vintage car here and there, like, yeah. it's every single thing. The roads that they made, the trees, mm-hmm. like, all, yeah, every every pumpkin, every, everything, every book yeah. that he flips through. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's mind-boggling yeah. and, and perfect. <laughs> like, I would probably watch, like, a five-hour thing of just watching them actually make the movie, like, in, like, what's the word, um... Time lapse. There we go. Yeah, I like watch, I think it was stop yeah. motion. I'm like, yeah. no, no, not that. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, like so if it was I would watch like a five hour like or however long like of a time lapse of them making the entire movie, I would totally watch that in a heartbeat. Because like there's a part at the end of Box Trolls where like it's kind of just it's just they always have like extra scenes at the very end of their movies and it's one point of like the puppets kind of talking about being puppets and it's kind of superimposed into it while the puppet's moving, they like do flashes of the guy actually moving the puppet. And huh. it's just a neat thing. So, like, yeah. it really drives home exactly how this is done. God, that's cool. And holy crap, they have the patience oh, I, and yeah. the dedication to do it the way that they do it. When you could just draw it. Or, that's uh, uh, amazing. I know you haven't seen Parks and Rec yet, which I, I will I know, always I remind you, you should. I know, I know, I know, I know but I should. There's an episode where a character decides he's like, he's like i'm gonna i need a new hobby i'm gonna take up stop motion animation <laughs> he spends like a week and gets like two seconds of footage and he's like that that can't be it is that <laughs> i spent two weeks on that that's <laughs> right yeah that's yeah, about right so obviously yeah that was a perfect yeah perfect tense for both of us easily um so that's gonna bring us to uh, unless there's anything you wanted to add for for aesthetics they're just awesome no that's yeah. it all right uh, so that's going to bring us to impact on film. Uh, I'm so used to just diving in and going first because somebody copies mine, Tristan. <laughs> but is there uh, anything you want to say to kick us off? Or I guess I should say, first of all, um, this category gets divided up into three subcategories, critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical and inspirational. Pins all around. All right. Yeah. Because... When it first came out, it already was like, it was like, oh, because it, yeah, we'd seen stop animation before as far as Wallace and Gromit or Clash of the Titans or uh, Gumby, you know, but and no offense to Ardman because they're excellent, especially Shaun the Sheep. Got to give that props. I love that movie. But as far as the earlier Wallace and Gromit things where you can see fingerprints on things, you can see creases, the, the movements aren't as fluid. Um, and some of their older films, those are cute there was something so different and artistic as far as a full feature stop animation, also musical that is a children's movie with Disney's name on it, but it's also creepy. It was so different for the time to where I think that's why it's so highly regarded besides the fact that it's, you know, the art of it all, but the fact that it was, it was so different in so many ways that yeah. I mean I remember like it, it took off very quickly. Yeah. It wasn't a sleeper movie. It wasn't like it came out and then it slowly gained cult recognition. It's like it came out, people from my generation grew up with it and we've all continued to love it and have now shared it with our children and it's just continued on to this huge thing to where you know decorate parts of Disneyland specifically for this movie. So that's why I gave it all tens because I feel like it hit all of those. 
perfectly. Fair enough. Um, I had very similar thoughts. The only difference is I gave Critical Impact a 9.5, only because I did a little bit of research. I was all set to give everything 10s, and I was like, I better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's perfectly fair to give it a 10, because especially in retrospect, like it's held up and and it still has a claim. But I did look at some reviews from the time, mostly just from Metacritic was the main place that I looked. And there were a few, not many, but there were a couple negative reviews in there. So I was kind of like, eh, I don't like, know if I can creepy quite... for a kid's movie. It wasn't even that. It was, I think it was, um, uh, the, the few negative reviews were more along the lines of like, yeah, it was cute, but it was kind of pointless. So I think it was just not their genre more than anything, it seems, um, which is not the best mindset for a film critic. No. But regardless, um, it didn't seem unanimous or close enough to unanimous to give it a perfect 10 okay so i did a 9.5 for critical which which might not be fair because like i said it over time i think you would be hard pressed to find a critic that's like oh yeah that movie movie yeah. pile of crap like you go away right i mean if anything the critics are going to be able to see you know the historical impact yeah. the cult impact and be like oh yeah this has a, a lasting impact on our well, society and even if you don't like the story you can't knock the animation exactly you can't you can't knock the the amazingness of the score like you just can't like yeah even if you think the story's crap the movie is beautiful right there's plenty of other things aside from writing because even like my scores writing was was the lowest by far but there's still a lot of perfect tens in here too yeah like there's there's a lot to appreciate with this movie um but it seemed like there were at least a couple critics that need to find themselves a new job and maybe they have. That was 25 years ago. True, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Yeah. But as my husband says, you're entitled to your opinion. You're still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. so then, so impact on film for me averaged out to a 9.83. Well, close to a perfect 10, but yeah. not quite. Uh, so that's just going to bring us to uh, overall enjoyment. <laughs> Did you, you enjoy this movie? Can you guess how I find? <laughs> that would be a 10. Not surprising, not surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even ignoring... It, because Sally's song does fit, it's just, you know, it's a little painful to hear sometimes, when, especially <laughs> when you've heard it like 50 million times. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't negate how much I love the movie, so I don't care. It's still great. And even the ridiculousness of looking now at Oogie Boogie, I still love it. I, I would still watch that. I just watched it with you. I'd watch it again. It's that simple. I could have that movie on loop and I'd be fine. All right. Fair enough. Especially because there's so much detail in the whole thing that even if you just watched it, you can find new things. I just watched it last week with my kids and I was noticing new things today. Like you can notice something new in that movie every single time you watch it because of, there's so much detail. Yeah, absolutely. That could even be ignored in the background until you're watching it for the 50th time. Like, oh my gosh, I never looked at it that way before. Like I said, a shadow. Never really pay attention to it till today. Yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. What'd you give it? <laughs> Don't be mad. I won't. <laughs> I gave it an eight. I still gave it really high. I might even go... I'm going to actually change it to an 8.5. Oh, snap. I was debating, when I originally did the score, I was debating between an 8 and a 9, and I kind of settled on an 8. But I think splitting the difference with an 8.5 is more accurate. Uh, I definitely enjoy this movie. It's definitely one I would go back and revisit when my niece gets old enough. If she's not already, I have to find out. I don't know how her parents think about it. But, you know, whenever she's ready and, and willing... I'd show her this movie and I'd watch it with her several times if she wanted to. Like it's it's a fun kids movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's also a kids movie with a pretty simple plot. It's kind of, yeah, eh, I don't know. That's not necessarily what I look for in a movie. 
But as far as the aesthetics and the visual appeal and, and the, the music and the music, yes. you know, there's a lot to appreciate and a lot that I still really enjoy, even if the plot is is a little meh for my taste. Yeah. So so that kept it from from getting a little bit higher. But eight point five, still a really strong score, still a movie still I really like, absolutely, still outstanding, and and one that I would definitely um, go back and watch. Any kids in my life, I would introduce this you know, this movie to them and, and watch it. Uh, it's just, it's a good movie yeah. and, and a classic, a classic for a reason. Yeah. And it will continue to stand the test of time. Oh yeah. I, I don't think this movie can possibly ever be dated. No. I, there's just no way. It's, it's perfect. It, yeah. Um, did you give this movie any extra credit? Yeah. Five. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need it. But I did it anyway. Just because you love it? I do. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I have a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. And, I mean, yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I love it. Yeah. I mean, I have that sculpture in my living room that my stepdad had made. I have that one of a kind. Um, and it's funny because he didn't even like... He wasn't really into the movie, but he asked to borrow it so he could make me that. Aww. Which was pretty cool because he passed away. But mm. it was just neat that he knew I loved it so much that he was willing to watch it to make me this thing. Because yeah. anyone who knows me loves knows that I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. That's why I asked you to yeah. do the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I would have been a little bummed if I was like, oh, man. Aww. Why didn't I get asked to do that? <laughs> Damn, my total is 102.46. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's that a, a crash credit really knocked that out of the park. That's, that's the highest I've seen yet. Uh, but uh, the highest before now was the pilot of X-Files, with, which Tristan gave a 101. Wow. Which is technically a different podcast, but still. Still the highest I had seen. Yeah, that's the first one to go over 100 for movie reviews. Yeah. Leave it um, to me on Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I gave, I actually gave a little bit of extra credit. I gave uh, one point for two things that are both blatantly double-dipping. Uh, I gave half a point for just the, the cultural ubiquity is the note that I put. And just the... <laughs> um, but yeah, just the, the cultural ubiquity. Like, there's so many scenes. Like I said, this is not a movie that I have seen over and over and over again. But there were so many scenes where it's like, oh, yeah, there's that image. Oh, there's that image. Oh, there's that image. I've seen that in Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just, I mean, just anywhere. Like, you have stuff in your house where I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that in, uh, you know, that the sculpture that you have. Or, yeah. I mean, that's a very famous image I've seen in other places. But, I mean, there's just over and over and over again. It's like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, and you yep. see that anywhere. It's on T-shirts, posters, sculptures, mm-hmm. decorative, you know, things. I mean, how like a hot topic right now. I want them so bad. The lock, shock, and barrel masks. Like, I mean, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. At this point, it can't even be escaped. Like, it's Absolutely. everywhere. Yeah. And I don't think any of that merchandise is going anywhere anytime soon. Oh no! I mean, I, I think some of that stuff gets sold year round, and people yeah. still buy. They have it. a specific store in Disneyland. That's where yeah. I got my night, deadly nightshade container that I keep my coffee in. <laughs> yeah. It looks just. Oh, one side, it looks just like the container from the movie. The other side, it's Sally. But it's an actual little pop container. That, and come to find you can't even get that at Disneyland anymore. Yeah. Sure, some collectors would probably think it's awful that I'm keeping coffee in it. But <laughs> I've had it for mm-hmm. 11 years. So. How to use stuff. What's the point of getting stuff if you don't use it? Yeah, even though it sits inside a cabinet. Because I, no I, I don't have enough room for it on the counter. I'm afraid it's going to get broken. So it sits in a cabinet. <laughs> so I'd probably have to smack somebody if that ever got broken. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. You really can't go wrong with it. And I don't yeah. think I've ever met anybody that doesn't like it. Like, you either only seen it once. Like I don't think I've ever met anyone that's like, oh, I don't like that movie. Like, so my stepdad wasn't into it, but he still appreciated it for what it was. Yeah. 
Because again, if you don't like the story, you still got to appreciate it for how beautiful it is and the work that goes into it and the arts and the love that was obviously put into this movie. Yeah, absolutely. From everyone involved. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which actually goes into my, uh, the second half of my point of extra credit uh, was just for the overall craftsmanship. Just all that attention to detail. I mean, perfect tense for aesthetics. It wasn't enough. I needed to give it more. Yeah. Because um, it's just everything we've already said. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so that contributes to my at one point of extra credit is for those two things, which is blatant double dipping. But... So what? Deserves it. Exactly. Uh, so then my total, uh, <laughs> significantly lower than yours, but still in the outstanding range, uh, 88.03 for me. Uh, all right. Was there anything else that you would like to, to add for The Nightmare Before Christmas before we wrap it up? No. Besides the fact that I will say for the millionth time that I freaking love this movie. <laughs> I, I hadn't gathered that no. yet. Yeah, the whole thing is great, and I really want a wreath that looks like the one that tries to eat the old lady. Yeah, that would yeah. be a, a good souvenir. Oh my god, it'd be awesome. Be even better if I had like the tentacles coming out. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, it's a great movie. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see it all in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that is going to wrap up our discussion for the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, so super fun. Thanks for for coming. I always forget to to thank my guests like Thank a decent human me. being at the end of my reviews. It was a pleasure. <laughs> I was really glad that, that we were able to do this. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would be super appreciated and is the best way to help get the podcast more listeners. Um, and uh, so next week, we're going to be doing Hocus Pocus, uh, celebrating an anniversary nice. this year. So yeah, Em and I are going to be reviewing that one. Super excited. That's another one I haven't really seen too many times. I know it's a, a classic. I know Em grew up with it and has seen it many times. So I'm excited to, to revisit that one with a, with a critical eye and see what we come <laughs> up with. Um, so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is about it. If you would like more information on the Gritty Films grid rating system, be sure to check out grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's Gritty Films, spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y, films.com. And you can also check out the Gritty Films Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gritty films. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.